Chapter Nine of Peggy Raymond's School Days by Harriet Lummis Smith. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Nine Jack at a Pinch. The coming of December had started everyone preparing for Christmas. Everyone, that is to say, except the girls who were to take part in the senior play. Miss Wentworth, the honorary member of the class, was in charge of the production and she was an ambitious young woman who believed that no price is too high to pay for excellence the girls rehearsed daily after school they spent every saturday morning going over their parts as the day set for the play drew near they gave one or two evenings a week to rehearsals many of them were beginning to look fagged and the recitations of others showed that the success of the play was looming larger in their thoughts than their schoolwork there's no loss without some gain peggy remarked to her especial confidants from the terrace i'll own i was cut up over not being picked for mrs hardcastle but now it was the most absurd thing i ever heard of exclaimed ruth not giving peggy time to make her point why you're one of the star actors in that class and all the school except the seniors know it the seniors know it as well as anybody else priscilla interrupted tartly then why didn't they choose peggy priscilla swallowed down the answer which would have made everything plain reluctantly she fell back on an evasion a committee of three isn't the whole class ruth you can't hold us responsible for their decision it's a pity you didn't pick a better committee then said ruth rather surprised at priscilla's vehemence and peggy wondering at her classmates unusual irritability hastily interposed what i started to say was that now i half believe i'm glad of it i have plenty of time for my lessons and my christmas work and for the little fun occasionally and when i see those poor tired girls going along corridors murmuring their parts i almost feel as if i'd escaped something bess myers she's tony you know says her mother threatens to take her in hand after the thing's over she says bess is acquiring real lumpkin manners and she won't stand for it is marion going to make a good mrs hardcastle asked ruth who, like some older people, was a little inclined to harp upon a grievance. She had resented the slight put upon Peggy far more intensely than if she herself had been overlooked. She was inclined to hope that Marian would not make a success of it. No one answered Ruth's ingenuous question, and Ruth turned to Peggy. "'What do you think, Peg? You've seen her, haven't you?' "'Yes, three or four times,' Peggy acknowledged. It was not customary to admit members of the class not in the cast to the rehearsals, but several times Miss Wentworth had pressed Peggy into service to read the parts of absentees. In candor, Peggy could not approve Marian's performance. It was stiff and self-conscious. "'I have an idea that Marian is a girl who needs an audience to do her best,' said Peggy hopefully. "'Lots of people are that way, sort of mechanical till the right time comes, and then, anyway, I'm perfectly resigned to not being in her shoes, and let me tell you, that's a very comfortable feeling the play was to be given twice on the twentieth of the month in the afternoon for the benefit of the entire school and again in the evening for the friends of the senior class on the nineteenth miss wentworth called peggy into her room i wish you'd come down this evening margaret the dress rehearsal you know and you can help me in a great many little things she drew a tired sigh it'll take me all my vacation to get over this you'll feel rested to-morrow night when the thing comes off and proves a stunning success was peggy's comforting assurance and it's bound to be a success you know after all your drilling i'll come of course i like the fun of it sometimes i'm afraid i've drilled them too much sighed miss wentworth they go through their parts like wooden dolls they're too sick of it to be spontaneous 
but that may be different when they come to give it before an audience seven o'clock sharp remember considering that it was a final rehearsal the presentation of the evening was most creditable of course as it was a final rehearsal it was necessary for some of the actors to forget the lines they had always remembered previously and for others to begin their speeches without waiting for their cues and to make the wrong exits or to rush on the stage before they were wanted while a number of unique and totally unexpected accidents marred the smoothness of the production but knowing that the final rehearsal is invariably the signal for a medley of mischances no one was disheartened some of the girls going so far as to say that a smooth final rehearsal was unlucky they really did put a little life into it to-night the weary miss wentworth remarked to peggy who nodded agreement seeing themselves in their costumes makes all the difference in the world at this time to-morrow night you'll wonder you ever worried remembering peggy's prophecies not long after miss wentworth was inclined to believe her right for the afternoon performance had gone off without a hitch it was true that marian had given a rather flavorless presentation of mrs hardcastle and it had been remarked by a number of the audience that peggy raymond would have done far better in the part but the girls who thus expressed themselves were peggy's warm friends or else ultra-critical the general attitude was of pleased admiration and miss wentworth congratulated herself at five minutes of eight that evening peggy was attaching a white bushy eyebrow to mr hardcastle's wrinkled countenance when the door of the improvised dressing-room slammed open and anna joyce rushed in peggy Raymond, she screamed excitedly now there's no use your saying you can't for you've just got to if you don't the whole thing's a fizzle peggy held mr hardcastle's eyebrow firmly in place to give the mucilage a chance to dry what is it you want me to do anna she inquired serenely she had seen excited girls too often to be disturbed by anna's vehemence play mr hardcastle marian's fainted peggy looked up with an incredulous smile the idea that anna could be in earnest did not cross her mind though in a vague fashion she reflected that it was a poor time for jokes even jokes less silly than the one anna was perpetrating come quick cried anna seizing her hand you've got to hurry and dress anna what are you talking about don't act stupid peggy marian's fainted nobody can play mrs hardcastle but you nobody but me why i can't play it i don't know the part anna was dragging her through the hall yes you do peggy she cried tears of pure excitement running down her cheeks when you gave the funny scene with tony you never looked at the book don't be absurd anna peggy protested crossly just because i know a few scenes she paused realizing that in her excitement anna was not hearing a word and now at the end of the corridor appeared a distracted and motley group girls in the quaint charming costumes of the time of the quaint charming comedy and girls in modern dress girls in wigs girls partly made up girls with their hair hanging and all with faces eloquent of dismay dragged ahead by anna mr hardcastle followed with an agility remarkable in a gentleman of his years peggy felt herself an actor in some incredible dream snatches of lamentations reached her it's too awful everything's spoiled and then she heard her own name spoken hopefully if peggy raymond oh yes peggy raymond she was in the center of this dream group before she knew it and they were appealing to her in person oh won't you do it peggy it's so awful to have things slump with every seat filled oh girls i only wish i could peggy let her fancy play a moment with the possibility then turned resolutely away no it was out of the question she would only disgrace herself and the school too 
it was true that she knew many of mrs hardcastle's lines as she had aspired to fill that role and she had a general idea of the whole from her familiarity with the play and attendance at rehearsals but to play the part to face an audience without warning it was not to be thought of the chorus of appeals died down into tragic moans as peggy firmly reiterated her refusal then from out of the group spoke a voice with a noticeable edge i'm sure the voice cried i don't blame peggy at all she ought to have been chosen for mrs hardcastle in the first place but you put marian o'neil in and now you want peggy to go on and play a part she hasn't practised and be at a disadvantage compared to all the rest of you i wouldn't be jack at a pinch either oh peggy cried impulsively it's not that i don't care for that but an unmistakable change had come over the faces of the circle surrounding her peggy realized that her champion had placed her in the wrong light there would always be some of her schoolmates to believe that peggy raymond was ready to sacrifice the success of the senior play to gratify a little personal grudge her protesting recoil sent her a little further in the other direction than she had any intention of going if you thought i could girls but i don't see how it would be possible to keep from spoiling the whole thing that was quite enough at the first sign of her yielding they took possession of her with the only alternative the dismissal of the expectant audience they were ready to believe that peggy could improvise the part of mrs hardcastle they dragged her into one of the classrooms now doing duty as a dressing-room and proceeded to array her in the garments which poor marian had donned a few minutes before while one girl powdered her hair and another supplied the realistic wrinkles a third was reading mrs hardcastle's lines in the opening scene peggy her eyes tightly closed gave her attention to the reader she had a power of concentration which many a more advanced student might have envied and instead of insisting that the whole house should be hushed to a death quiet when she began her studies she had learned to give her attention unreservedly to her history lesson while downstairs dick and his friends enjoyed themselves in noisy boyish fashion that practice stood her in good stead now the patient audience an audience attending an amateur performance is generally in need of patience was beginning to show signs of restlessness little spasms of applause broke out and died away there was a noticeable shuffling of feet an overwhelming certainty swept over peggy that this was a dream and that it was high time to wake for the curtain was going up and she was facing an audience as mrs hardcastle if peggy was amazed to realize her predicament many of her auditors were equally so the seniors of course were instantly aware of the change in the cast and a little hum of incredulous astonishment followed the generous outburst of welcoming applause a woman near the centre of the house whose smiling face indicated that she had expected to enjoy herself hugely paled suddenly and clutched her husband's hand dwight she gasped it's peggy peggy oh nonsense he said consolingly he really was quite excusable for not recognizing his daughter but when mrs hardcastle addressed her spouse mr raymond's violent start acknowledged his mistake something's happened to the other girl i suppose moaned mrs raymond in her husband's ear and peggy's filled in the breach as she always does i don't see how i can sit through it i am so nervous that it seems as if i must go home she'll be equal to it never you fear peggy's father returned proudly and his confidence was somewhat reassuring mrs raymond remained in her place although her attitude throughout the play was one of courageous endurance rather than of enjoyment luckily for peggy the opening scene was one of those she knew best her voice quavered on the first lines but that was like a plunge into cold water and as soon as it was taken the worst was over 
as far as possible she forgot the listening audience and lost herself in her part she could see the figure of miss wentworth in the wings prompt book in hand she knew that if she forgot the important thing was not to let the audience know that she had forgotten a little cautiously as was inevitable under the circumstances but with considerable breezy spontaneity nevertheless peggy went through with the scene there was an unusual fervor in the applause which followed her exit while few in the audience realized the fine audacity of peggy's undertaking the majority were aware that she must have come to the rescue at a pinch and were generously appreciative as peggy left the stage half a dozen girls waiting in the wings fell upon her peggy you're a wonder peggy you saved the day hush commanded peggy frantically don't speak to me give me the book she flung herself into a chair gluing her eyes to her next lines and was dead to all but these until miss wentworth touched her shoulder it was inevitable that a play given under such circumstances should have its vicissitudes peggy forgot a dozen times or more spoke without waiting for her cue gave the wrong cue and in several instances inserted lines of her own which could hardly be considered an improvement on the witty original but so alert was the prompter and so rigidly had the girls been trained that there was no break apparent to the audience toward the close even mrs raymond's anxiety relaxed and her heart steadied into something approaching its normal beat the fall of the curtain in the last act was the signal for an outburst of enthusiasm which is to be expected when the fathers and mothers and friends of the actors make up the audience the curtain rose and the smiling cast came forward to bow their acknowledgments it fell again and the audience sat steadily applauding one by one the actors came before the curtain and still the applause kept up then a clear girlish soprano rose from the back of the room peggy peggy raymond a score of voices took up the cry the applause grew deafening miss wentworth behind the scenes went over to a girl chattering excitedly in the centre of a laughing group and put an affectionate hand on her shoulder they want you peggy me peggy started up staring incredulously at her teacher they can't don't you hear them the cries had become a sort of chant every schoolgirl in the building apparently had taken it up peggy raymond peggy raymond it sounded clear above the clapping but i made so many mistakes peggy protested i came near throwing everybody off and spoiling the whole thing how can they somebody pushed her forward she found herself before the curtain bowing low the irrepressible winsome smile that was peggy's own breaking through mrs hardcastle's wrinkles and that smile brought the audience to its feet little explanations had been passed from one to another why she came on at the last minute nobody but peggy could have done it and when someone called three cheers for peggy raymond all the audience knew why and dignified fathers and staid mothers joined with a will and peggy looking out over the uplifted smiling faces and hearing her own name echoing above the uproar was confirmed in her opinion that there are worse things in life than being jack at a pinch end of chapter nine